Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Professor Natalie Harpin. And today, since it is a federal holiday, uh, Christmas, I wanted to talk about some of my favorite things, yes, as related to history. So, one of the things that I would share, I think one of my favorite documentaries that I was made aware of recently was actually called Exterminate All the Brutes. If you re- I know several of my students have told me that they really liked uh, the documentary that they watched for my class, I Am Not Your Negro, that's directed by Raoul Peck. So this is also directed by Raoul Peck. So if you really liked I'm Not Your Negro, I think you'll definitely love Exterminate All the Brutes. There's four episodes and they're all an hour, about an hour long. So it's longer, right? But it is a really interesting perspective of world history and uh, Western imperialism. Um, Even hence the name, right? Exterminate All the Brutes. Raoul Peck does an amazing job of unpacking like why and how certain groups of people were considered the brutes and how there's this big there's this drive to exterminate them all right through force murder coercion broken treaties um i will say that it is much more it is very graphic it's much more graphic than even i'm not your negro so i would say that just consider that when you're watching it. I wouldn't necessarily watch it with someone younger than 14 or 15 years old. So um, that's just my tidbit. But I thought that was an amazing documentary. I am thinking of ways to integrate parts of the episodes into my classes because especially if you're an educator, I believe it is available on Canopy. So that's really great. Um, It's been difficult, I would say this last year, showing documentaries the way we used to especially with changes in technology and projecting from our laptops for work because some of these sources some of these hosting sites have created blocks so that you can't you can hear the audio but you can't see the screen and so it's difficult to do that canopy because it's an educational resource streaming service doesn't have that issue but if you were going to say use it like on your Macs, it may not work, right? Or if you were going to project something from Amazon Prime, for example, it may not work. And so I'm definitely thinking about ways to integrate um, parts of the episodes into my classes, but I have to spend time, I have to watch it again now from not just like a viewer perspective, but as like an educator, so I can figure out like what timestamps I want to use and like which assignments I can integrate questions into or create new assignments for but it was a fabulous documentary so shout out to my student at UCSD who told me about the documentary. I think my favorite topic that I covered this year was going more in depth about what life was like for black Germans or Afro Germans during the Third Reich and how the Nazis were completely influenced, completely influenced by the U.S. Jim Crow um, system to then replicate that on their populations in Nazi-occupied Germany. So that was my favorite topic that I dove like more into and created content surrounding. It was very well received. I met a lot of great people after I presented it and 
it was something that I'm glad that I did. I was really nervous about presenting it. I did it at the public library this past February. So from 2023 as part of um, their Black History Month events and shout out to Mr. Mark um, from the library. We're talking about you know other things that I may present on in the future, which is great practice for me too. I also love, you know, talking about these concepts. And so it's been an amazing opportunity to be able to do that outside of like my traditional classroom. It's something I was always nervous about <laughs> because you know, it's just, it's a different space, but I'm so thankful that I dove more into that topic, that I created content surrounding it specifically, um, and then integrated that into my classes as well. So, uh, if you're interested in a great book about that topic, I would definitely recommend Hitler's Black Victims, which is by Clarence Lusane. Should be available on like most book uh, purchasing platforms, <laughs> no free promo. Um, but one of the things that another great book, history book that I read this year, that was one of my favorites was Chinese Cubans. And that is by Kathleen Lopez. I really liked that book because it really just, again, further unpacked, like, the ethnic group of Latinx and how, you know, Asians are very much a part of that group as well. I've talked on the podcast before about how, you know, black Latinx folks are generally pushed down within the ethnicity, um, because of their, you know, the racial aspect of their, of their ethnic heritage, despite their being Latinx. And so digging more and reading more about the Chinese experience in Cuba specifically was really great. I had read 1493, so I did know about some of the Chinese history in places like Brazil and Chile, but I had not read about it specifically for Cuba, which was really great. So that was one of my favorite uh, books, history books that I read. I haven't created content surrounding it yet, right? Um, Sometimes I read faster than I can create things and usually break times or when I would do that's like winter break, summer break, especially when I have an extended period of time off, that's when I would create new content. So I'm looking forward to doing that maybe this coming summer, creating more content surrounding um, the book Chinese Cubans and that history, that trans-Pacific history, that uh, trans-Pacific trade, because generally I focus on like the transatlantic uh, trade and networks. If you've taken my class, we usually focus on transatlantic. So it's been really cool learning more about trans-Pacific. So some of you know that I'm in an educational program currently, and I think one of my favorite topics that I've learned has been about why it's important to create equity-minded curriculum. And I do it in my field, right? As an educator, now as co-chair, like we have a lot of conversations surrounding curriculum. And I was telling you on the last podcast how we have been rewriting some of it to try to get it approved to, or to argue that it should be approved for the ethnic studies requirement. Um, and the state only looks at your course outline of record, which is basically your curriculum outline. And so we've had, I had taken up on updating the black history courses 
to reflect more of what's actually taught in the class so that hopefully it will be considered sufficient to meet that state graduation requirement. But it's a different thing learning about the theory behind why it's important, not just the practice of doing it. And so learning about the educational leaders who have been advocating for this for decades from the point of view of in the education field, like the field of education, and why they say it's important for students to see themselves represented positively in their classes. And that it's not just for classes like history or ethnic studies, that it's also possible to do in math and science classes. It's also possible to do in, you know, so many different fields where people don't even necessarily think that, you know, there's been um, a suppression of more diverse concepts, right? Like learning about the origins of the number system, learning about groups of people that were instrumental for creating like the modern day free education system and learning that a lot of these were black and brown people. A lot of these people practiced Islam. Like those things are important. And it's not just from a history con um, history perspective or concept. It's also possible to integrate that into so many different fields. So learning about the theory of that has been, I think my favorite class that I've been in as a student this last year. Okay, so something that's not history related. <laughs> um, I really liked the book, The Perfect Marriage. That's by Geneva Rose, like Geneva with a J. And it was a really good book. And I've read a couple different murder mystery type books, but this one was wild. And the end of it was like, I was clutching my pearls. I think I read this book in like a day and a half. It was really, really, really good. Page Turner. And so what I really liked about the book also is that each chapter is from the point of view of either the husband or the wife. And the end was something I wasn't even expecting. Like sometimes you feel like you're reading something like, oh, like I know how this might turn out or, or you kind of build up an idea of like who you think is perpetrating the issue here. But it was way beyond what I even thought. It was a really good book. So if you like fiction like that, I would definitely recommend checking out that book. Um, a friend of mine had recommended it and I really liked it. So I'm, <laughs> I thought it was really great. I totally recommend it. It just sometimes because I read mostly history books and like history perspective books, it's great to throw something like this in to the mix every now and then just to remind myself there are other things to read <laughs> um, and there are other books to consume. So when I do consume fiction, it's usually on an electronic platform just because I have no room on my bookshelf. But this was a really great book. And even reading it digitally was a great, it was a really great book. Totally recommend if you're into that type of genre. Also from a non-work related topic, I think one of the things that was my favorite that I learned how to make this year was uh, smothered turkey legs. <laughs> And I hate gravy. Like, I don't like gravy. I think it gets in the way of the taste of the food it's covering. <laughs> I know some of you may be gravy enthusiasts, and that's great, but I don't like gravy. But I made my own gravy for those, and they were great. I thought they were really good. So um, that was one of the things I think that was my favorite thing to learn how to make. And another thing 
cooking related because I do like to cook and bake. Um, Some of you know I have a gluten allergy, so often I make my own things out of necessity. And another thing that I learned, like tricks that I learned was actually how to like perfect cookies. And I didn't know that you have to, like when you take it out of the oven, that you should bang the, um, like the cookie sheet on like the top of the stove because it makes noise, right? And like, you know, I have the dogs. Sometimes like it's noisy to like bang the cookie sheet on the, on the stove top when you're done. But it helps release some of the air from the cookies, which gives them that kind of like thin but craggly uh, texture. I didn't know that. So I did learn that this year. And that was one of the things that I was happy to also learn that's non-related to my job was how to get the cookies to look like they do in like a professional bake shop by doing that trick. So that was also really cool. And some of you know that I like to sew as a hobby. So one of the things that I, one of my favorite things that I learned to make this year was actually dog clothes. I found a really cool pattern and I made my dogs um, these little sweaters that had like a gingerbread uh, theme. It had like the little gingerbread house and it had little ginger people like hanging around. And so I was able to make them like little sweaters. And so that was really cute. I generally still like would probably buy things just because, you know, like sourcing fabric and things like that is always its own special task no matter what you're making especially in San Diego right if you're in LA you have plenty of fabric that you can source for cheap but here we don't really have that so it was really fun to learn how to make dog clothes and I look forward to making other things for them that I want for them but I either don't want to pay to buy or that um, things that I want and can't find. I think the next thing I want to do is learn to make them little hoodies because I like the way they, they look with their little hoods on, especially like when it's like misty or something outside. I like to put them in their little raincoats or their sweaters. But some of those things can be very expensive, right? Because, you know, for many people, especially millennials, like our dogs are our kids for many of us. And so... Sometimes like a dog hoodie, even though it's like not much fabric at all, can be pretty expensive. And so if it's something that I can cheaply make, I would prefer to just make it because it'll just take me like two hours or so um, rather than spending a lot of money to buy two of whatever it is that I want for them. So that's just something that was my favorite that I learned to make this year. But I just wanted to share a couple of my favorite things. I mean, I know I'm not Oprah yet, but I... Just wanted to do like a quick podcast. I hope you all are enjoying your day off, um, whether you celebrate the holiday or not. I hope that you are resting because rest is revolutionary. I think that's one of the favorite things I've said this year to students is that rest is revolutionary and that for many of them, whether they're people of color, quote unquote, working class, um, is that many of them, most of them, most of their ancestors didn't have the privilege to rest, right? Even like the ones who are racially white, right? A lot of their ancestors had to work really, really hard and didn't have the availability to rest. And so just keep in mind that rest is revolutionary, especially if you come from working class backgrounds or a marginalized group with that racially, gender, sexuality, 
ethnically, you know, whichever. Prioritize your self-care and prioritize your rest, especially when you can. I know our next episode will not be until 2024 because we're at the we're in the last Monday of the year. So especially for those of you who were rocking with me all year, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the top of my heart, right from the center of my heart. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast with people who you think would um, benefit from it or like to listen to it. Thank you for sharing the learning environment with me. If you've had my class of students, I always learn so much from all of you. Um, I learn things about myself. I learn things about content. I really am thankful to be able to share those spaces with all of you who I've come into contact with for the year. So I hope that you have a prosperous and blessed new year. Like I said, I hope that you are prioritizing rest. Please do not commit yourselves to letting people take your energy when they are committed to misunderstanding you. And what I mean by that is I don't want you to expend energy on people who don't deserve it, who don't deserve your energy. Put that energy into things that are reciprocal, that are reciprocating, that are, you know, for your self-exploration and self-growth and for the growth of your communities that you choose to occupy, right? Because something Bell Hooks, since we talked about her last week, something she talks about also is that, you know, community is not just the one that you're born into, right? We have the choice to make our conscious communities wherever we go and in different times and space. So I hope that those of you who did listen to that podcast, consider getting the book all about love by Bell Hooks. I think it's a great place to start. Like I said, it is completely applicable to so many different facets of life, no matter what age you're at. And I hope that you prioritize maintaining your energy and that you have a restful new year. So thank you for listening this last episode of 2023 and I'll see y'all in 2024. Bye. Happy new year, everyone.